We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined today by Sean Davis. Find him at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. Sean, how are, are you all caught up now on Lakers Rock? Is that because it was a fun game? I hope that you, you got a chance to check the whole thing out. Yeah, I uh, dove into some of the film earlier on the day. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about what I saw, and we'll talk about it for sure throughout the show. Okay, so so today's show, just to break this down for everybody, because we've got a day until, we've got a day off still until the Lakers take on the Suns. That's going to be happening tomorrow. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw against the Rockets, and I think we got a glimpse of what could be to come for the Lakers. So we're going to talk a bit about that. We'll also talk about the schedule. In fact, that's where we're going to kick things off. We also have the mailbag to get into. So that's the plan for today's show. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel, pushing towards half a million subscribers. Help us get there. Hit that subscribe button. And then over on the podcast side, a great way to help out the show is give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, but real quick, before we get into any of the, the specifics there for you know, the defense and, and all that sort of stuff that we want to talk about, Let's talk about this week ahead because it's it's kind of unique in that we're used to just this is the schedule. These are the days the Lakers play. These are the opponents. Not so for this week because the in-season tournament. The way it's going to work, the Lakers are playing Tuesday night against the Phoenix Suns. That we know is happening. It is a tournament game. It will be at home for the Lakers. After that, should they win? Fingers crossed. Let's say they win against the Suns on Tuesday. That'll count towards their regular season record. And then Thursday, they'll play in the semifinals. This Tuesday, tomorrow is the quarterfinals. Thursday would be the semifinals of the in-season tournament, and who they play would be determined by who else wins, right? That's that's what we'd be, we'd be looking at there. Then, should they win on Thursday, they would play on Saturday. And that's the only way they have an extra game tacked onto their season or anything like that. It's if they play Saturday in the championship game. So that's what... Everything looks like if the Lakers do continue winning here in the in-season tournament. However, should they lose to the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night, the Lakers will play a regular season game on Friday. That would be the schedule. That would be the rest of the week. That would be it. They would have one regular season game on Friday, and that would be it for the remainder of the week. 
if they win Tuesday and lose Thursday, then that's it. They don't have to play over the weekend. So it is kind of really? a kind of a light schedule, right, Sean? Wait, timeout. What? So if the Lakers win Tuesday, lose Thursday, they're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Because remember, Saturday is an extra game outside of the schedule. Right. So, so nobody plays Saturday. It, so they have to play two regular season games this week. So that's why if the Lakers lose Tuesday, huh. they're going to get a game added to their schedule on Friday. Friday. Uh, and then they'll they'll play a regular season. Thursday is going to be reserved. The NBA is only going to have the semifinal games on that night. So if they lose Tuesday, the Lakers are going to pop up on the schedule for Friday. That way they still hit the 82-game mark at the end of the season. If they win on Tuesday, they play Thursday. If they lose Thursday, then they would have, like you said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off because it's Tuesday This next that is the next day on their schedule. Again, this is all... I have a feeling that at some point this will all be normalized for us, but this is our first time through it. So it does take kind of going over, wait, if this happens, then what? You know, there's that element of it right now. But uh, bottom line, regardless of what path you go through, it's a fairly light week for the Lakers this week. Yeah. I mean, even if you win the whole thing, you still get Sunday, Monday off game ready for Dallas. And mm -hmm. it feels like the Lakers, like the Lakers have had two days off all today and then tomorrow mm -hmm getting ready for Phoenix. It feels like we haven't had this all year. So yeah. regardless of the outcome of the in-season tournament, the Lakers are going to get some rest heading into the, the December 12th matchup against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Sean, let me tell you how abnormal this is. The Lakers are practicing today. The, the Lakers are practicing. They never, I get, I get the, uh, the message every night after a game, the Lakers are not practicing tomorrow, right? That's anytime there's only one day off between games, they yeah. don't practice. Now they do film work and all that kind of stuff. And that's and that's not a, a strange thing, but they've had enough days off here where they're going to practice. They're actually going to hold. We're talking about practice here. They're actually going to hold a practice ahead of the game against Phoenix. Uh, we should mention this. The other quarterfinal game, it's Pelicans versus Kings. So Lakers, Suns on Tuesday... The winner will play the winner of Pelicans versus Kings, which is happening tonight. Uh, let's let's say, fingers crossed, let's say the Lakers get past the Suns. Is there a team you'd rather see on Thursday, Pelicans or Kings? No. <laughs> right? I, I feel kind of the same way. I, I don't want to face either one of them. But Sacramento's just going to score a billion points. I guess maybe New Orleans. Maybe. Because they're 0-2 against Sacramento so far this season. I guess. I don't know. I don't feel really like good about that. About either one. Sacramento is a four and a half up. point favorite. Yeah. But both teams present their own challenges. Challenges. To, to play the, against. New Orleans is just their size. And they got some shooters. I mean, Trey's back. Mm -hmm. B.I. C.J.'s healthy now. Like Our guy Jordan Hawkins is balling. Um, yeah. I don't know. What about you? Do you have one? I think I'd rather see the Pelicans just because the Lakers, again, are 0-2 against the Kings. Although I don't feel like the Lakers can't beat the Kings. I think they definitely can. But I think it'd be good to see a different opponent. And uh, you know what? It would add that much more to it because, you know, Pelicans fans are still angry from the whole Anthony Davis trade and and all that stuff. So it add that much more, I don't know, venom to, to the matchup. So that's what we've got coming up. 
coming up this week. Again, Tuesday, the Lakers play the Suns. I think this is going to be a crazy atmosphere. I think it's going to be, this is going to be a in playoff LA. atmosphere, I believe. Yeah, in LA, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. Lakers versus Suns, Tuesday night. You win, you move on. You're going to play either the Kings or the Pelicans. And then, and that'll be in Vegas, by the way. Thursday's game, the Lakers win Tuesday. They go to Vegas. They would play Thursday in Vegas. They win there. They would play Saturday in Vegas. So it'll be on a neutral court. It'll be at the the T-Mobile Arena, which is gorgeous uh, in Las Vegas. That's going to be, this is going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really hoping the Lakers win. Obviously, I always hope the Lakers win, but I really hope they win uh, against the Suns and then they get into the semifinals because that would be, that would be a blast. I don't even want to think that the Lakers playing at Vegas would be home court advantage for them. Oh, it absolutely would. It yeah. absolutely would. Now, I think that would be especially true if they're playing against New Orleans because Vegas is close yeah. enough to Sacramento to where you'd get some Kings fans coming too. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be true regardless. It, Vegas is a Lakers town through and through. But yeah, if you especially if it's Lakers-Pelicans, yeah, that's, that's going to be a pro-Lakers crowd. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the game against the Rockets, we saw Jared Vanderbilt return. Final. And actually, you know what? Before we get to that, real quick mention here. Our our Lakers Nation YouTube channel membership program uh, has been fantastic. I've been getting great, great feedback on it. And I think we offer some really cool perks. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, click the join button over on the YouTube channel. You can see the extra benefits that we're offering, stuff like extra shows, extra emojis that you can use in our live shows or in any of our, our comments section, priority responses, all kinds of cool stuff uh, in there. And uh, even the opportunity to come on shows live with us. Um, that's what we did last week. It, it's a lot of fun. So go check that out. Click that join button and you can see the perks that we offer for our YouTube channel membership program. And it's a great way just to help help out the show, you know, keep the lights on all that sort of stu- sort of stuff and support Lakers nation. Okay. So let's talk Lakers rockets. Um, Sean, I think the thing that I'm most excited about, even though there was no Rui Hachimura was getting a sense of what the Lakers wing depth can allow them to do defensively. I feel like we haven't been able to see enough of the wing depth so far this season because everybody's been hurt. And that game against the Rockets was our first real glimpse of the defensive upside that this team has with guys like Jared Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, Max Christie, I thought had a nice game defensively. I'm, I don't want to jump to conclusions based on one game, but I think that gave us a little taste of what's possible. Yeah. And that was definitely a really, really fun uh, game to watch. I think I talked about this maybe a week or so ago after a fun Laker win, because I definitely would have brought this up after a loss. But what I said was you have three really <clears throat> unique. I might have said this with you, actually. The mm-hmm. Lakers have three potentially unique perimeter defenders to all do something really, really well for you, right? Jerry Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish, Max Christie. I think Max is slowly starting to make himself a guy where you probably have to keep him in the rotation, especially – Definitely for certain matchups, and especially if the shot continues to fall. Uh, three for three, I want to say, from three the other night. Yep. Three for four the other uh, well, against Houston the night before that. Three for four, if I recall correctly. But Bando is just like the world eater uh, on the perimeter, right? Get the best player is going to make just life hell for them, right? You have and one of the 10 to 12 best isolation one-on-one perimeter defenders in the NBA. Cam Reddish, a guy that is 
just so instinctive on the ball and is able to rack up 10 deflections in a game or rack up three steals and things like that and affect shots while also still being athletic and quick enough to guard out like one through three. And then Max is the best screen navigator out of the three and his ability to recover out of good screens. Like Sengu's a really good screen setter, but Max was able to still navigate around a few of these off-ball screening actions too, which makes him a good off-ball chaser and affect shots from behind. So you have those three guys. And I think the Lakers are going to have to find a way to get all those three guys, not on the floor together, because I don't think you're going to be able to do that unless Christian Wood's jumper just returned out of nowhere, right? But there was a lineup last night (laughs) against against Houston. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now because I had it and I lost it. But I want to say it was seven possessions together. Six was possessions. it the was it was it the Christian Wood one or the non Christian Wood one? The one where Max, Cam, and Bander are on the floor together. Okay, that that was six possessions. It was Austin Reeves, Max Christie, Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. And again, six possessions. It's the the smallest of sample sizes, right? Right. But my goodness, like the eye test said, defensively, Holy crap, these guys are amazing defensively. Yeah. And they, they gave up uh, what would have been, if you extrapolated it out, 67 points per 100 possessions. Yeah, which... It's not sustainable, but, I mean, that that just underscores how good they looked on the defensive side of the ball. So good. Um, I, I'm really, really excited to see how this all looks when, whenever, when this team is healthy. And when Vando really gets back healthy, he was out there playing, which was nice. He's He looks a little rusty. Right, mm-hmm. which is to be expected, but I, I think there's a certain part of it. I, I don't know where you fall on this, Trevor, but there's this debate going around on Lakers social media right now. Is uh-huh. do you just say, "Yeah, we're not a good three point shooting team anyway," right? And just say, "You know what? Screw that. We're just gonna go full defense and try to shut you down every night, or leave like the the lineup of Torian Prince." Right and stuff like that. Where do you and still try to play the floor spacing thing and try to do both? If that makes sense. So first and foremost, I need to correct myself. I actually read their offensive rating per per one hundred possessions was sixty seven, which is obviously awful. But the reason, but that was still a major positive because they were giving up thirty three points per one hundred possessions defensively. <laughs> defensively, they're um, all three really good rebounders too. I think. Yeah, Back at seven. Vando's had really good rebounding games in the past. Cam's not a bad rebounder. Right, exactly. So I think that's a that's a really interesting lineup. So, I, I mean, I think that I don't think you can just completely abandon the three. I don't think you can punt on three-point shooting, not in today's NBA. It's not it's not something that you can that you can do. Um, I mean, three is it's simple, but three is more than two. You run up against a team that can shoot 40% from deep. Even if you're shooting 50%, if you're taking only twos and occasionally get into the free throw line, the math says you're ultimately going to lose that. Um, so uh, you've got to be, you would have to be otherworldly defensively to completely abandon three point shooting. Obviously, you're not going to completely, completely abandon it, but right now the Lakers are at the bottom of the league in both three point percentage and three point attempts. I think you do need to improve upon those somewhat. I'm not expecting this team to suddenly be top 10 or anything like that. It's not going to happen. But I think you need to get to a point where you are at least respectable, at least get to somewhere around 20 or something like that. Now, that said, 
Vando did not look good on his two three-point attempts, but it was two attempts. Can Cam Reddish hover around 35%? Can Max Christie get back to like 40% or so? Obviously, he shot great the past few games. Can Austin Reeves get his numbers up? Um, if you can do those things, I think you can be respectable behind the three-point line and not just completely abandon it and punt the category. But it's requiring a few guys to shoot maybe a little bit above where they normally would from deep. If you can't get that, if you can't get that on those guys, I think you probably do need a little bit of shooting on the floor. And I don't know if that's something you go find on the trade market come mid-January or if you've got that already on the roster and the solution is more Torian Prince or, or whatever you want to do. My preference, though, would be Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt. If you can get one of those two guys to shoot 35% from three, that would go a long way towards giving you a just destroyer of worlds defensive lineup that still has just enough floor spacing that teams aren't just piling on Anthony Davis in the paint. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what makes this so weird with Torian Prince, and, and by the way, I think I lean toward towards the side of no, I, I don't think you can agree uh -huh. with you that you can just punt on the shooting. One, because the best defense in the NBA right now, I want to say it's Minnesota, and in terms of points per 100 possessions for like playing the glass is they're at 108, I, I want to say. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. So you punting on three-point shooting, is you say okay cool we're gonna win we're gonna win by scoring 104 points well the best defense in the nba gives up 108 so you're kind of screwed there so i just yeah. mathematically it just doesn't pan out your favor and torian is shooting 49 percent on above the break threes right so are you telling me torian's Bizarre. a 21 percent corner three-point shooter right oh. I don't think Max is a 31% three-point shooter. I don't think Austin's is as bad with three-point shooter as some of his numbers are right now. Gabe Vincent, he's not the best shooter, but he's not a 7% three-point shooter, whatever one for 14 is, right? Yeah. So I think there is still some positive regression coming. 
D'Lo and LeBron have probably been your only two bright spots from three this season. And you still have some other guys that think it definitely Rui. Rui I don't actually I don't remember where Rui's at for the year, but it, it's uh, pretty good. I think he was at like 42% or something, which really? by the way, the, the Lakers chose not to play him. Um, and you can, I'll check that stat here. The Lakers chose not 42%. to play him. Is he? Uh, okay. So the Lakers decided they were not going to play him just before the game because his nose was still bugging him. And they figured, okay, this way he gets two extra days off and, and he'll be good to go for Phoenix. So that's what Darvin Ham revealed after the game. That's why Rui didn't play um, against uh, against the Rockets. But he will be in the mix too. And I think he can be a plus defender as well. Not a great defender, but he can still get, yeah. get it done there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't like... I think the other piece to this is and why I think you need at least decent three-point shooting. You can't you can't just say, well, we're going to be like a 25% three-point shooting unit if we're going to put Vando on the floor and just all of our defensive guys out there. Because I think you're putting a lot of pressure on that group to get a lot of turnovers. Because your half-court offense, if you have no shooters, it's going to to struggle. It, it, it just It's going to. And so you have to get out and transition, and that's really putting pressure on your defense to force turnovers. And I think they can force turnovers, but the way you're really going to benefit from that is if you have the option of getting out and running, but you also have at least one or two deep threats out on the floor in the half court so you're not just completely lost whenever you're out there with a, with a totally packed paint. I don't think you can totally punt on it, but uh, I think the way you really maximize the effectiveness of how good that unit could be defensively, it's by making sure that you are at least competent in a half-court offense, and uh, and that's the way that you can really take advantage of having your your defense be potentially on another level. Yeah, and you're in this last two weeks, the last seven games for the Lakers are second in defensive rating, and they're. 19th but 19th being 115 points per 100 possessions in terms like again clean the glass but that's that's that's, fine. that's that's their offensive rating yeah is 19 okay 100 and, and just historically speaking right i would rather have a, a average offense right in an elite yeah. defense just historically yes. you are more likely to win a championship with that mm -hmm. than the inverse right so I think the Lakers are fine. Last night, they were still actually pretty efficient in terms of offense. I mean, they scored 107 points, but in the half court, they really struggled in transition last night. But in the half court, they were really, really good last night. And they, they started to figure some things out half court offensively. So I think offensively, we still got some positive regression to show. And defensively, there's a ton of upside. So I think we're in a great spot, Trev, 21 games in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think 21 games in, they're sitting here at 12 and 9. The the numbers suggest maybe they shouldn't be quite that good in terms of their overall net rating and their their record might be a little bit fortunate. We'll take it though because I think that we haven't seen what this team truly is with everybody healthy. I think we got a little taste of it uh against the Rockets. We saw what the defensive upside is. I think now you're looking at a team, especially when Rui's back against Phoenix, where you could have two to three I mean, really, I guess you could have, good Lord, John, the more I look at this, you could have three to four guys that you feel like are just are, are defensive aces on the floor at all times. Between yeah. AD, Vando, Cam, throw Max Christie into, into the into the mix there for nights when he's when he's really playing well. Um, at least three of those guys on the floor. 
And then you add in, I, I know LeBron can turn it up defensively when he needs to. Um, I, I think Rui least. can afford himself well. Like you have, there's so much defensive upside with this team and you can have with, I think it's with two things, with the return of Vanderbilt and Cam Reddish being a better defensive player than I think any of us predicted coming into this season, it raises the ceiling of this team so on the much. defensive side of the ball immensely. Yeah. Last thing is to say to wrap this up, I'm going back to the offense really fast. The yeah. Lakers for the entire season in the half court against man-to-man, they are 14th in the NBA in terms of half court uh, point efficiency based off points per possession. 14th, just a little bit under one point per possession in the half court. Number one is obviously Indiana, which they're absurd right now, 1.085. So they're almost at 1.1 points per possession, which is unheard of. So the Lakers are fine. And uh, defensively, mm-hmm. see if I can find that really quick. Defensively, in the half court, man-to-man, they are really freaking good. They are seventh. So we're fine. I will take 14th and seventh, then whatever, right? Like Indiana, mm-hmm. they're first, and then they're 29th. We're fine. All right. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for this game Tuesday, tomorrow, to, to see what – uh, to see what the Lakers defense does against the Suns offense. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a yeah. fun one, and I, I, I'm hoping Ruby's back and they really just just unleash all the wings. Sean, you know I've been asking for years for the Lakers to have this kind of wing depth. Just stay healthy and unleash all the wings, all the switchiness, all of that. I, 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 I want to see it. I want to see it. All right, let's um, let's get into... Well, we do need to get to the mailbag, but before we get there... Let me give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Underdog. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. All you have to do is pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in his week's games for a chance to win big. Can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players to build a pick'em entry, okay, and, uh, and it's that simple. Super, super easy to do. Again, two to five uh, selections higher or lower on any number of different categories. You see lots of things offered. You see points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks, all, all kinds of stuff that you can you can choose between. Sometimes they even combine things. You can do steals and blocks together, all kinds of stuff. Um, fantasy points get mixed in, all, all sorts of things. It, it really is a lot of fun. So sign up today with our promo code LakersNation. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com. Or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with our promo code LakersNation to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. All right, Sean. Let's get into the mailbag here. We have some comments, some questions left over from our game against the Rockets. This, you're, not, this person, you're not answering that first question. No, I'm not. I think it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, I get it. It it just so the question is for podcast listeners. The first question: the username is the only 23 is MJ. And the question is, Trevor, who is your goat? And just to give you guys a peek ahead, over on the next section, he's also asserted that Michael Jordan is still the goat. I really don't care. 
I, I just don't care. Like people will get all up in arms and I get it. It's a lot of like the player first fans. And I've said over and over again, Hey, be a fan. However you want. If you want to be a player first fan, be a player first fan. Um, to each thrown. It's not the lens that I look at the game through. Right. I'm, I'm more of a, a team first fan, but I know that's becoming a bigger thing. Player first fans. And we've got people who are MJ fans, people who are LeBron fans, people who are Curry fans or Jokic fans or whatever. Right. Jokic, huh? Yeah, there, there's Jokic fans. Those they're out there. They exist. Um, there's uh, <laughs> there's there's certainly Russell Westbrook fans as well. Which D-Lo is a, has his own stan base. Elo has has his as well. But but people get all up in arms about this, and I always go back to this. Like they're both in, incredible players. Like, and I just oh, feel fortunate dude. to have gotten gotten to watch. It. And people say, oh, it's a cop out or whatever. I just it don't is. care. I just don't care to argue it because it doesn't matter. See, here's the problem. Like, there's no pointing to any. Like, if if one side wants to argue Michael Jordan, another side wants to argue LeBron, you can point to a bunch of stats in favor of your guy. You could pull a bunch of clips and things like that. But if someone thinks LeBron's the greatest, nothing not somebody on the Michael Jordan side said is going to change his mind. And the same is true vice versa. You're not going to change anybody's mind. You're just arguing for the sake of arguing. You're not bringing up any stats that are new or that anybody hasn't seen before or anything like that. And the bottom line is we're kind of comparing apples to oranges anyway because we're trying to compare players across eras. And the game has changed so much from when Michael Jordan was playing to today that even that makes the direct comparisons very, very difficult. There's, They're incredible players. They're both amazing. And... I think we get too stuck on who is the greatest. And I I blame hot take culture for it because they need something to argue about. Ah, Pooh, have some fun. I will say this. I agree with your point from the standpoint of why I refuse to argue about it. I still have my goat. And I, sure. I'm not going to say who it is, but I still have my goat. <laughs> you have and it, but you won't say who it is? Here's how I view it, though. As okay. long as your goat is, in my opinion, LeBron, MJ, Kareem, uh-huh. And maybe like Kobe or a couple other guys, right? Maybe, probably that's yeah, I'm probably cutting the door, the, the, the VIP line off there. If it's sure. one of those four, I'm good. I'm not going to argue with you for the exact same reason why you just said. Nothing in MJ fan. I think me and Ryan legitimately went back and forth for like an hour in Vegas. And we went nowhere because he's an MJ guy. And... I'm just gonna, I think LeBron's the greatest player of all time, right? But yeah. like right, like Trevor just said, there's nothing a debate's gonna settle. You're just arguing for arguing, right? So that's that's where I'm at. I agree with Trevor, but I do have a goat, and as long as your goat is one of those four or three, then I really don't care and I'm I'm done arguing about it. So I do agree <laughs> with him on that. All right. Uh, this one said, keep the team, get healthy. 14 spurs, like three point percentage is gonna rise. That's coming. That's what they're saying. The three-point percentage is going to go up. Uh, I, I believe that was brought in when we were talking a little bit about some trades. So I think the Lakers are going to, my. this is my, my feel right now, is at the trade deadline, February 8th, somewhere between January 15th and February 8th, I think the Lakers will do something. Maybe they'll do two things. But I don't think it's going to be a major swing for the fences move. I think we look at what the Lakers did last year. And it worked out great. They didn't go after the big fish. They made some moves that were smaller, but made some sense. And it paid dividends. I think we're going to see the same this year. One, maybe two moves. 
kind of in the margins. We know this team has some things that they could use. They'll they'll fill a need or two, and off they go. That's that's what I'm expecting out of the Lakers this year. I think the number one team that's been tossed around a ton in Chicago, and yeah. kind of rightfully so. I think they're more likely to do a deal for Alex Caruso and Drummond than a big swing move for DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine. Because for the exact same reason you just said, I just don't think, I think this team feels content with where they're at, honestly, right? In terms mm -hmm. of the pieces they have, I think they love their offseason moves, right? And we just haven't seen Torian really play well. I mean, he's starting to turn it back around now, actually, he where is. he's had five or so straight games of, you know, shooting the ball well. Uh, Ruby, who you just paid the contract to, was just hurt. Gabe Vince has played four games. Vando, you just paid, has only played one game. So I think they're going to let this team really find their footing and play together. And if they look at the deadline and say, okay, cool, let's add a shooter or let's add the best guard defender in the NBA, yes, mm -hmm. please, uh, then I think they'll do that. Uh, as it regards to 14 Spurs, like, are we talking about the three point percentage? Because that 14 Spurs team was the best three point shooting team in the league. So I doubt we're going to be that good. Yeah, I don't think that that they're going to get to that level. I don't think we're going to see that. But but I do agree. I think we're going to see some moves in the margins. Um, if it's yeah, if it's Drummond and Caruso, fine, right? That that fills a couple of needs there. And then and then off you go. Uh, this team, they haven't been healthy, and I think. Even if it turns out that this team is not it, that they don't have what it takes, that they're not in that upper tier, we don't know that right now. And so you yeah. can't make a... Because you have to remember that if you make a trade, that's something that can impact you, not just now, not just this season, but for years down the road. You need to have a sense of what you have and what you don't have before you yeah. can do that. So I don't I don't think they're going to make that kind of big move. And I don't think they're going to make it anytime soon if they do. It's not like December 15th rolls around and everybody goes, oh, cool, trade everybody. No, that's not yeah. happening. Uh, Money said LeBron makes a lot of lazy passes that end up, end up being turnovers, and I feel like we don't talk about it that much. That's low-key fair. <laughs> he, he does every now and then. He does. He like also has game. some lazy, lazy possessions defensively. But is there anyone in the NBA who deserves to be lazy on, on a few possessions more than LeBron James? Trevor's trying to anger the uh, LeBron stand base right here. No, I, I just said he deserves to be to be. Well, they'll say LeBron's not lazy; it's his teammates or or whatever. Right. But we'll find a way to blame uh, Colin Castleton, who's on the bench and oh, doesn't play. Darn that Colin Castleton being so tall and distracting over there. That's the problem. It's Castleton distracting LeBron on his passes. That's that's right. what it's got to be. Uh, no, I. Look, I think every once in a while does LeBron make a lazy pass or whatever. Yeah, but there's a lot of mistakes made by a lot of guys. LeBron is still an overwhelmingly net positive for the Lakers. And, you know, that's I'm not going to complain too much about what LeBron's doing at 39 years old here. He'll be in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. And then the next comment said, Le spin jitsu with a 360 layup. I love how the entire team had the exact same reaction. They all were just shocked that he pulled that off. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Kings and Dreams said, Lakers Nation, we're lit. AD is cooking. I love it. Big up to the channel and the chat. Well, thank you. We certainly appreciate that. Appreciate that super chat there. Uh, Vincent <laughs> said, no moss is no more in Spanish. Correct. 
Uh, no ham, Moss, <laughs> means no more ham. I still don't trust him. Come on. Oh, man. <sighs> Do you want to take... I, 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 I'm just not beating the Darwin Ham fanboy allegation, so I, I'm going to take one for the team and not respond. Yeah, I think it's just... For my reputation. Like, is, is, it comes down to this. Is, is Darwin the perfect coach? No. Are there reasons to believe that that uh that the lakers will eventually move on from darvin sure but i don't think it's now i don't think it's it's now i i actually thought you know one of my biggest complaints about darvin has been his timeout usage and i thought it was in the fourth quarter he called a, a very well-timed timeout one that we haven't seen from him before um you're talking about a coach who took a team last year to the western conference finals who this year has taken a team that is injured and completely decimated and they're currently at a 12 and 9 record. They're above 500. And and you can say, well, but but Ham did this, but Ham did that, but I don't like that rotation, but I don't like the way this looks and all these rumblings and things like that. Yes. But those are still the facts. Coaches in those situations don't get fired. Yeah. They they just I, don't. I'm curious. So I said this on a recent post post game show. I compared Darvin Ham to an inconsistent quarterback. And what I mean by that is okay. that at his best, right? At his best, I still think Darvin's a coach that you can win a championship with. Case in point, the first two rounds of the playoffs last year. From a mm -hmm. coaching standpoint, he out he coached circles around Taylor Jenkins, who heading into that series was, you know, widely regarded as a top 12-ish head coach in the NBA. Right, coach circles around them, and then the second round, I'll just say he was on par with Steve Kerr. If you want to say he slightly outcoached Steve, sure, slightly, uh, Steve slightly outcoached Tim, sure, I say it was neutral, right? But mm -hmm. Steve Kerr, widely regarded, widely, you know, regarded, regarded as a top yeah. five or eight coach or whatever, it's right? It's like those are coaches, at, you know, we started talking top 12, top five, eight coaches. Steve Kerr's a four time champion. He could do that, but then you have a game or even a series, the Denver series. I thought was a really poorly coached series. You know, you'll have for sure a couple of games throughout the regular season where Darwin will probably lose you the game, right? Or just like he'll have a really bad process, like the Philly game. I think that was the game I said this where I just ranted on Darwin. Yeah, he wasn't the primary reason why they lost, but he was a big freaking reason why they lost, just from a coaching standpoint, from a process, from a game plan stamp all of that right but again at his best i think he can win he can help you win a championship do you agree with that or no yeah i think that it's he is volatile as a coach you don't know and part of that can be you know that he's a new coach but i i agree with the basic premise of what you're talking about here i think that darvin can you win a championship with him yes how confident are you he's going to improve your chances of winning a championship? Not super Not. confident, right? Like, like if you win a championship, Darvin can have a hand in that. Okay, let's let's look at it this way. Darvin Ham is a coaching role player. Where <laughs> every once in a while, at a big I in a big moment, you this. may you, you where night to night, you know you're gonna get six boards a couple of points out of him and things like that right he's going to give you some basic things that can help you out and then every once in a while you're going to kick out to him and he's going to make a big three late in a game but he's not going to take over 
and win a game for you. Certainly not going to take over and win a series for you. Eric Spolstra may win you a series. Just get based off the fact that he's Eric Spolstra. Right? Yeah. That's that's where I'm going with. That's what, what Darby okay. is. And, and here's, my, here's my thing. If there was a Spolstra sitting out there, if there was a Mark Dagnall sitting out there, <laughs> who I think is a fantastic coach in his own right. Top six coach, I think, right, right now. Right? He's so good. If there was was one of those coaches sitting out there, then we're going to find out whether or not pigs can fly because Ham's gone. <laughs> he's, he's out the window. He's he's gone. Now I'm saying I'm saying let's let's make that, that move was now. A reference. <laughs> bring bring in bring in this other coach. Seriously though, yeah, no, dead serious. <laughs> Eric Spolster gets fired tomorrow. Ham, love you, buddy. But... Right. So that's that's part of it. It's who's it, it, people say. Oh, Darvin Ham's this this terrible coach or whatever. Who are you replacing him with? Currently, who's I've sitting seen, out there where you say this Boone guy Walker. is the better coach here, and this guy's gonna gonna come in and think about how difficult it is to come in mid season. This guy's gonna yeah. come in mid season and fix whatever ails this team, and and take the team where they want to go. I just don't think that is realistic. Again, if one of those elite coaches, superstar level coaches, was sitting out there. Yeah, make the move, bite the bullet, pay the extra two years on his salary, and you move on. Yeah. But in lieu of that, you stick with that role player that every once in a while is going to knock in that that three for you and just realize that that's, that's what he is right now as a coach. Maybe he develops into something else in the future, but that's where he's at right now. All I'm going to say is I'm not firing Darvin Ham to go get Darvin Ham Sr. and Mike Boonholzer. No, thank oh, you. Oh, I've seen people say that 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 makes absolutely no sense to me and i would love if we could cut it out yeah isn't that it's a bit weird <laughs> that defeats the purpose right boodles is just gonna hire darwin as an assistant he would he would it would oh man that's that's like you go that's like somebody brings you burger king and you're like oh i really don't want burger king and so you go you throw that in the trash and you go get yourself mcdonald's yeah like what that didn't do any good i paid for your burger king for you and you go throw my money away to go spend money for yourself okay great for the same thing exactly all right g2 maddox said what a win vando and cam should be called the purple and gold vanguard They're going to terrorize teams on defense. Uh, hashtag Lake Show. I don't know. I I'll admit I'm not. I'm not in on that that name for the duo. I don't. How much do you think we see Bando and Cam together? I don't know if there'll be a lot. And part of me kind of doesn't want to see it that much. I kind of want you to stagger these dudes around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like I I, I like the lineups where you, you play them. 10 possessions in a row together. Okay, cool. But Bando plays 20 minutes outside of those 20 possessions or 10 possessions together. Yeah, I want to see Bando kind of by himself. Like, you go get the best player. Okay, Cam, your right. turn and et cetera. And I think the low-hanging fruit is just Cam Doe, right? <laughs> Trevor is... <laughs> you, know how mu- I- you know how much like Trevor has to not like a pun for... <laughs> like, he is upset right now. <laughs> What to, to not go with purple and gold vanguard? He really dislikes this right now. <laughs> this is funny. No, I don't. It's there's some creativity to it. I'll, I'll I'll give him that. 
but but I'm thinking, am I going to say that when we're doing our live shows on on playback? I'm probably going to go with something that's a little bit shorter. Although I do have a few longer ones too. So, and Anthony Davis and stuff. Uh, Jordy said, "Delo has been great. He's been taking care of the basketball and efficient scoring most of the season. No more trade talk, please." Um, I the the last part, I can't help you. It's going to happen. You're absolutely right, Jordy, about the rest of it. He's been taking care of the basketball. We're not talking enough about this. The fact that he's averaging a career low in turnovers. He's been the best player in terms of feeding the ball to Anthony Davis. He's been making yeah. a concerted effort to get AD the ball. But D'Angelo Russell's contract essentially says he's going to be in trade talks. It's going to happen. That doesn't mean they're going to move him. Rui. Yep. Rui. Well, Rui to a lesser degree, though, because he's at least locked in for three years. D'Angelo Russell sure. could walk away this summer. Yeah. But but he's been good. There, there's no question D'Lo's been good. I'm not saying they get better by moving him. I'm not saying they should move him. But his contract says if a trade opportunity comes up, you have to listen because there's a decent chance that you lose him this summer for nothing. Yeah. All right, we'll finish off with this. Uh, when we're healthy, we're solid. Number 18 on the way. I won't jump to that conclusion yet, but I do think that, yes, when they're healthy, they're they're better. Shocker, right? Healthy players play better basketball. Uh, B0, who's now been a channel member for a month, said, so glad to see Reeves playing like his old self. Yeah. I think for me, it's the free throw attempts that looked different against you. He, he was getting into the paint again, getting himself to the free throw line. That's such an important part of his game. We saw it a lot last season, and we need to see more of it this season. Yeah, I agree. I think Austin's ability to get to the free throw line is was a, a big part of his effectiveness and it, it, it just continues to open up his playmaking which i think has gradually gone better as the season progressed and he's only shooting he's shooting like 32 percent from three or something like that low 30s which i just um, don't believe to be true no i think that's gonna that's going to have to get better it's just it's going to uh johnny said i would like to see gabe traded for caruso i think that would give them a chance a, a good balance of offense yeah the, the question of offense and defense I, so for one thing, we don't know what Gabe is, right? If you think Gabe is a 7% three-point shooter, I think that's incorrect. I think we haven't seen enough of him to know for sure what he can do to this team. I don't think that we know. I, I think Lakers fans haven't gotten a chance to appreciate Gabe Vincent's game at this point because he played poorly. And to assume that the four regular season games we saw him for is just what he is, and therefore he can be thrown into any trade and all he is is just salary, I don't think that's... That's fair for Gabe. That said, if you told me right now you can trade Gabe and get Caruso, even if Gabe was playing up to his Miami Heat level, I think I would I would do that trade. The real question is, what do you have to add to Gabe to get Caruso? I think everybody probably does that. Yeah. But like Trevor said, I think Gabe... Gabe's going to give you some secondary playmaking ability when he gets back, which I think will allow Austin to be just more aggressive as a scorer because they won't need him to be more of a playmaker as much because you have D'Lo, you have Braun still. Gabe can, can can kind of take more of the secondary stuff as a playmaker and let Austin just go be a scorer, right? So I don't know. Again, I think this team is going to wait on any trades until they see what this team really is fully healthy, and I think that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely by the way the update on Gabe Vincent was just that he's running on an anti-gravity treadmill and that's that's about you know he's not he's not ready 
not ready yet, and uh, I hope he's back sooner rather than later. But uh, at least Ber- Vanderbilt's back, Rui's back, uh, or Rui will be back uh, against the Suns, and uh, the rest of the team is healthy. All right. I think we're going to wrap things up there, but do appreciate everybody for joining. Make sure you guys do give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a great way to help out the show. We sure do appreciate it. Tell a friend about the show, too. Let them know. If you listen to Lakers Nation, we keep you up to date on all things Lakers. Hit that subscribe button over the YouTube channel. Until next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.